Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Mesechus Kedushin is Daf Mem Gimel, 43. We are beginning six, seven lines from the top of Gimel Amad Aleph. We're going to have three sections in today's Daf. The first section is going to be a conclusion of our discussion yesterday regarding how we know that there's no shlichus when it comes to Avera, and as we'll see today, that there might be an alternative source that there actually is shlichus when it comes to Avera. The second section we're going to deal with is the discussion about shliach nasa aid. If a shliach sent to accomplish a task for the sender can also act as a witness. We'll see it's machlokis in different scenarios. And then the final section of Gimel with Beis now we'll discuss is if the same machlokis, if a nara is able to accept her ger, her get from Erison, also applies regarding kedushin, or if only the father could, as we'll see, it's machlokis amorai and Rabbi Yechonarei Let's get started. Now we left off yesterday. We had proven that. There are two sources in the Torah that there is a concept when it comes to Avera, there, there is shlichus. There is the capacity for the sender to be responsible for the actions of the one who was sent. And based on the fact that there are two sources, according to Beis Hillel, the two sources are Me'ila and shlichus Yad. According to Beis Shammah, the two sources are Me'ila and Tvicho Mechira. Therefore, it's limited to those places, and we apply a Sivara in general, meaning that the person who was sent to do an Avera is responsible for it, not the sender, because the one who was sent shouldn't have listened. The shliach shouldn't have listened to the sender, as Hashem says to do otherwise. However, the Gemara is going to start with today is to say that would only work if you hold so then you cannot derive from those two sources elsewhere that there is shlichas for Avera. It's capped by those two scenarios. But if you hold so then actually you could derive from those two sources that in general there is shlichas for Avera. But we showed Mishnaya, specifically a Mishnah Baba Kama earlier, that said that if you send a pikeach and he burns down a field with a coal, you're not responsible. So the would come out to be difficult. How do we know the source for that? So let's see. We're holding about six, seven lines on the top of Gimel and Alth now. So it says the Gemara, So if you hold like the Manda Amr, it says if there's two sources in the Torah that says the same law, it's limited to those places and you can't apply it elsewhere. So then either according to Basil, it's limited to Mi'ila and Shlichus Yad, or according to Beis Shammah, it's limited to Mi'ila and Tvicho Mechira. But in general, the Svara tells us you're not responsible if you send somebody to do an Avera. They're responsible. But according to the one who says that when there's two sources, you could derive from them, so you should apply elsewhere and say that there is a shliach when it comes to Avera. So the Gemara answers that the reason you can't say that is because there is an alternative source that shows us ain't shliach ledvar Avera. What is the alternative source? The Allah of Shechut Eichot, we know that there's an Isser to slaughter korbanos outside of the base of Mikdash. And from this, we're going to show you're only responsible if you do the Avera yourself, not if you send someone else to do it. Gali Rachmana the Torah reveals with the extra wordings regarding Shchut Echutz, slaughtering outside of the Beis HaMikdash, as it says, Dam Yechashev, Leish Hahu Dam Shafach. It is considered blood, means he's responsible, Leish Hahu, that person, because he has spilled blood, meaning that it's specifically the individual who did the Avera of Shchut Echutz who's responsible, by adding in these extra words, Leish Hahu, it teaches us, 
Who Him, but not his messenger. It means if he sends someone else to slaughter a carbon outside of the base of Mikdash, he is not responsible. That's the diuk from Le'ishahu. Says the Gemara. We see that there is no shlichus when it comes to the Avera of Shchutechutz. But Bechol Minal. And how do we know to apply this everywhere else? Where answers the Yalof Mishchutechutz? Because we learn from Shchutechutz. Just as regarding Shchutechutz, there's a special exception. It says Le'ishahu to teach us only you're responsible for your own action, not if you send someone else to do it. In general, it should be the same thing. Asks the Gemara, obviously, but one second, Adiyalaf Mishchutechutz, if you hold Melamdin, so that instead of learning from Shchutechutz, Einshliachla Devaravera, Neilaf Me'anach, learn from the original two sources, from Me'ila, and then in addition to it, either Shlichas Yadar Tvicho Mechira, because you hold Melamdin, that Yeshliachla Devaravera. So the Gemara answers, no, because by Shchutechutz there's an extra drasha. Again, it says again, he, that person, shall receive karis. Now again, that's not necessary to teach us that there's no shlichus when it comes to shchutz because we already have a drasha by shchutz. So if we don't need it to teach us that there's no shlichus when it comes to shchutz, so we'll apply it for the rest of the tar. It must be that it's telling us that in general, there's also ein shliach verus. Actually, now this comes to teach us, don't learn from the other two sources, even though you hold melamdin, rather learn from the second drush of Yishahu by Shchutechutz. It's not necessary for Shchutechutz. Apply it elsewhere that ein shliach vera in general. Asks the Gemara. Problem is, Ulamanda Omar, now let's go back. Ulamanda Omar, according to the original opinion, who says that when there's two sources, it's limited. You cannot learn from there. So you don't need the extra hahu to teach us in general in Shliach Ladvaravera. Sahani ahu ahu my darish bahu. What do we need these two ahu ahus to teach us then? Our answer is the Wanda Amr holds Malam then has two different drushes that emerge from these words. Chad, one of them is Lamute Shnaim Shaikhazim Bisakin Vishaikhtim. One is Ishahu. It's only if he does the Avera by himself that he's responsible. But if two people slaughter with the same knife a carbon outside of the Besam Mikdash, they're not going to be responsible, the carbon Chatas. The Chad and the other Ishahu teaches us meaning who, the implication of the word who is, means when he's clear-minded and doing it on his own. But not if he's forced, not if he's mistaken, not if he's uh, making a mistake or, or uh, unintentional. The point is, the other Isha would be teaching us, it's only when he's clear-minded, not when there's some outside source compelling him to do it. So therefore, the one who holds a Milam, then we use these two Ishahus for different rushes. And the other Manda Amr holds so how does he know those two alternative drushes if actually they're utilized to teach us both by shchutechutz and in general that there's no shlichus? So the Gemara answer is mehu hahu. By each of them it says hahu. It could have just said ishhu. Instead it says hahu, the extra hey, teaches us those two alternative drushes as well. The Gemara says, what about the other shitu? It says in malamdin. It doesn't have that extra drusha, so there's no need to darshan in any sort of a way. Beautiful. So we've shown, if you hold in Melamdin, if you hold Ein Melamdin, how it could come out that Ein Shliach Ledvar how do we know that to support the Mishnah Baba Kama and our general understanding? Says the Gemara of Ahadatani, but we have a Brisa that says as follows, If someone tells another person to go kill somebody, So the murderer himself is responsible and not the sender. That's the Tanakama's opinion. 
Shammai Azaken, in the name of Chagai Anavi, argues and says, Shalchav Chayev, the sender is responsible for the murder. How do we know? Because in Shmuel Beis, Shin Emar, the Pasuk tells us, Nasan Anavi comes to David HaMelech and says, Him you have killed by the sword of B'nai Amoin. Now we're talking about the case where, after the incident with Bathsheba, David sent Uriah to the front line so that he'd be killed by B'nai Amon. So Nasan Anavi comes and says, you killed him by the sword of the B'nai Amon, the people of Amon, which implies that even though you didn't kill him directly, you're responsible for his death. So says Shammai, in the name of Chagai Anavi, you see from here that even though he didn't kill him directly, at least regarding murder. Therefore, actually, the sender is responsible. Says the Gemara, my time at the Shammai Azakin. So what's the reasoning of Shammai Azakin? So the Gemara is going to give three explanations of Shammai Azokin. Now the first one, Kasavar, we're going to say is that Shammai actually holds Abibidei Adam, meaning that the sender and David HaMelech is actually responsible. So the first shot the Gemara says is, Kasavar, Shammai must hold, that when there's two psukim that are written to teach the same ruling, you could actually learn from there. So therefore we could deduce from the sources of either Beis Shammai or Beis Hillel, which means Me'ila, and Shlichus Yadam, Ila and Ficho, Mechira, Yesh, Shliach, Ladvara, Veira, number one. Vehu Ahulai Darish. And Shammai must also hold, or Chagayanovi, we don't darsh in the extra hay, which means you only have two drushes, and they're utilized for the two drushes we brought above, which is you're not responsible if you slaughter together outside of the base on Mikdash, and you're also not responsible for slaughtering outside if you're coerced or mistaken, etc. But there's no drasha to teach us in shliach ledvaravera, and actually, Beis Shammai will hold Shammai will hold ye shliach ledvaravera as is evidenced by his opinion here in the Brisa. That's explanation number one. The Ibai same alternative explanation. La'ilam darish. Really, he does darsh in the extra hay, and therefore, really, it would come out that there's four drushes. Two of those drushes will be to teach us by shchutechutz, and in general, ein shliach ledvaravera. So then why does he say over here the sender is Chayev? Oh my Chayev, what does it mean Chayev? So the Gemara says it means Chayev bedine shamayim. You're not Chayev in the earthly courts because ain't shliach ledvar avera. What it means is you're Chayev bedine shamayim. In heaven they're going to hold you responsible because you caused this person to end up being killed. So the Gemara says, but the Mechlal, that would imply the Tanakama savra filam bedine shamayim nami pater? That the one who argues the Tanakama would hold you even exempt in heavenly court, certainly the Tanakama would hold you responsible in the heavenly courts to some degree because you're a causation for death. So Ella the Gemara says, dina rabba v'dina To understand the second answer, the Gemara is saying is, either are you responsible in a large way, everyone holds you're not responsible in this world, Shammai holds you responsible in a great way in Shamayim. And the Tanakama holds, as Rashi says, you're only considered a goyrem, a causation, and therefore you're not responsible in a great way. Dina zuta, you're chayev only in a small way. But everybody holds, ein shliach The only shayla is, how responsible will you be in Shamayim? Our third answer, we're going with the second answer still, is that Shammai holds, really you're not responsible, in general, because as we said, <clears throat> he holds of the drushas we quoted above, but Shani Hasim, this Brisa, which is talking specifically about the Avera of murder, it's different. Why? Because there's a special Xeris HaKasav, as the Torah tells us, Shmuel Beis, that David was held accountable for the death of Uriah through the, the sword of B'nai Amon. So you see, when it comes to murder, that's why Shammai is saying that there is responsibility for the one who sends the other to murder another individual. So the Gemara says, well, then what would the Tanakhama say? Clearly, it's a good raya from Shmuel Beis that when it comes to murder, you're responsible as the sender. Ve'idach, so the Tanakhama responds, Actually, what Nasan Anavi was saying 
was a leniency. He was exempting him. You are like the sword of Bnei Amon. He was saying, Just as the sword of Bnei Amon, whoever they kill, you're not responsible for it. You're not responsible for Yachiti's death. So he was actually letting David off the hook with the comparison. My time, what's the reason David's not responsible? Because Mar bin Malchus have a, this Uriah was Mar bin Malchus. He rebelled against the government, the king, and people were Mar bin Malchus, or Chayav Misa. Because Uriah had said to David, He had said to David, My master Yoav, who was the general, and all of the servants of my master, and the face of their, their dwelling out in the field, so he didn't want to go back to his house. But the point is, as Rashi explains, he called Yoav Adoni in front of David Amelech, which is considered uh, Merida, that's considered a rebellion. So he was actually Chayav Misa, and that's why Nasan was saying, according to Tanakhama, you're not responsible because he was Chayav Misa. Okay, so we have these three explanations of Shammai. Beautiful. Amar Rava. Rava just comes to qualify the first answer. According to the first answer, we said Shammai actually holds in general because he holds that when it writes two, two times in the Pasuk, let's say Mi'ila and Shlichus Yad, for example, according to Beis Hillel, you derive from there Yeshliach Ledvaravera. Vehuahulaydar, she doesn't have the extra two drushes, so he actually holds Yeshliach Ledvaravera, Yechayev, in earthly courts, totally for all of theirs. However, Shammai would agree that if a person sends another to do an Avera that there's pleasure involved in, go have relations with an Erva, or consume forbidden fats, the person who did the Avera, the Shliach, is responsible and not the sender. Why? Because we don't find anywhere within the whole Torah that somebody benefits the other one's responsible. So even though he would hold not by Averas that include pleasure or benefits. Okay, moving on now to the next point within the concept of Shlichus, but the new section will talk now about Shliach Nase'eid. So itma, we have machlekes. Rav amar shliach nasaid. So Rav says a shliach can become a witness. Rashi understands it means both for kedushin or monetary laws. Meaning, if I send a shliach to give kedushin, not only does that shliach act as the representative to deliver it, but also it's the aid to testify that it occurred, or for monetary laws, for paying back a debt, for example. Tver v'shila amri ain shliach nasaid. So Tver v'shila taught that a shliach cannot become an aid. It's only a shliach. It's not an aid. What's the reasoning of Tver Vishila? Maybe it's because the sender didn't say you should be my witness. If that's the issue, in general, if a person married a woman in front of two people, but he didn't say you're acting as my witnesses. Would the Kedushin not be effective? And as Rashi points out, it's true. As the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, there are times you actually have to specifically appoint them, but that's only when it comes to a person admitting he owes money. There, you might not want people to be witnesses unless you actually point it out. But in general, for Kedushin or for other laws, if you have people there, they can act as Edom, even if they're not appointed. So Devere Bishila's issue can't just be because they're not appointed to be Edom. So El of the Gemara explains this is the, the point of debate. Rav Amar Shliach Nasa'eid. Rav says that a Shliach acts as a witness, and there's a Svara, because Alume Kuma Alimna Lemilse. The fact that he's a Shliach doesn't hurt the Edus, it strengthens the Edus. In general, if you have people there testifying that they saw something, it would be effective. Here, he's a Shliach also, so certainly it would strengthen his capacity to be a Edus, meaning his Edus comes out even stronger. He could say, I'm the Shliach, I know certainly this happened. 
However, Be'er Vishila says he can't be an aid. Why? Because since we look at Shlichus as an extension of the sender, he's considered like the sender himself, and the sender can't testify that himself that there was a Kedushin. He's no Ge'er You can't testify in your own Kedushin. So therefore, the the sent person, the Shliach himself, can't testify either because he's like the one who sent him. Asks the Gemara, Kashma Brysan Rav Mesave. We have a Bryson that says, if somebody said to three people, Isha, go marry a woman for me. So Beshami's opinion is, one person will deliver the Kedushin in re- representing the the potential husband, and the other two will act as the Edom that it occurred. They're all considered Shluchin. can't be an aid, so therefore it won't be an effective Kedushin because there's nobody there to act as the Edom, unless you find other people as Edom. Now, the only debate over here that Bishami says it would work and Bishama says it wouldn't is because there's three people. Avil Bishnayim, but the implication is if you had two people, Divriakolai, that everybody would agree it wouldn't be effective. Why? Because the implication is that everybody agrees, Ein Shliach Nase'eid. Because since, again, even Beit Shammai said one of them acts as a representative, as the Shliach, two will be Aiden, but the same guy can't be an Aid and a Shliach at the same time. So it's Mashma if there were only two people and you wouldn't have two other people there other than the Shliach, it wouldn't be effective according to everybody. Kashan Rab, who holds Shliach Nase'eid. So the Gemara answers Enochinami. This Brisa seems to support the position of Tver Bishila, Ein Shliach Nasei. But who? Rav, the Amar Ki Haitana. Rav holds like a different Tana, Detanya, because Rabbi Nassim quotes the same Machlaikis, but he has an alternative reading. Rabbi Nassim, Aimer. That it would be effective even if there's just one shliach and one aid echad. Why? Because the same guy giving the Kedushin could also double as an aid. Shliach Nasei aid. No, Basil actually disagrees. Holds ancient like Beshamay in the first rendition, and he would hold actually there has to be three people: one is the shliach, two is the edim. So it would emerge then, according to Rabbi Nassim's reading of the Tanoic debate, that. Rav could hold like Beis Shammai. The problem is, Rav could Beis Shammai. Could Rav hold like Beis Shammai? L'chayri has to paskin like Basil, who's al libe according to the halacha. So my answer is Apoch. Okay, according to Rav, you'd have to switch around the two opinions in Rabbi Nassan. Beis Hillel would hold it would be sufficient to have a shliach and one aid because the shliach can double as the aid. And Beis Shammai holds ain shliach nas aid, so it would be shliach v'shnei aidim. And then Beis Rav's opinion would be supported by Beis Hillel in the opinion of Rabbi Nassan. Okay, now that's the first way we learn the Machlaik is Rav and Dvei Rabishila. But for Rav he had the opposite version of the Amorak debate. Rav actually held an Eshleach cannot be an aid. And Dvei held it could be an aid. But the Gemara Paskins, Shliach Nasaid, the Shliach can double as the aid. And we go with either like Rav in the first version or Dvei Rabishila in the second version. Now, based on this, the Gemara says, if he tells two people to go and marry a woman on his behalf, they can act as a shluchim, and they can also act as the edim to testify that it occurred, because shliach nasa eid. And it's the same if he was delivering a get to his wife. If two people were there, they can act as the shliach and as the aid. And turning to also in terms of paying back a debt, if a borrower sent money with two people to act as the shluchim and the edim, that would also be effective.
And the Gemara explains why we need to say the same Chiddush by all three. The Yashmin of the Kiddushin, if we only said the Chiddush regarding Kiddushin, Mishim de la Meistrakasi, we'd say like this, it's logical that the Shleach can act as the aid because they have no benefit in lying. They're going to prohibit her on the world. So they have no benefit theoretically in lying about it. So it makes sense Shleach could be an aid. Avogarishin, but regarding divorce, Necha Shema in Avnasanba, maybe they want to testify that the divorce occurred because they want to marry her. So maybe there we won't say shliach nasa'id. Therefore, Rav Amar of Nachman says, also there we'll say shliach nasa'id. V'yash minah gerish, if only said by gerish, mishum de itzel be'trei lechazya, we'll say they also don't have a benefit because a one woman can't marry two men. So therefore, both Adam can't, it would make sense, they could testify they both can't be getting a benefit out of this. Avol mamayna is but maybe regarding monetary laws, they're actually dividing up the money, so there's some benefit involved, and therefore they shouldn't be trusted to say shliach nasa'id. So tzrichi, therefore the Gemara says, Rav Nachman Paskins, even by Dine Mominus, there is a concept of shliach nasa'id. Now the Gemara just says, based on that third halacha of Dine Mominus, we have to analyze what is Rav Nachman's position. And there's a machlaikis in general. When it comes to pay, uh, borrowing money, with Edom, do you have to pay back with Edom? So the Gemara says, Maika Savar, what does Rav Nachman hold in order to say that Shliach Nasa Eid regarding this scenario of paying back a debt? Ika Savar, if he holds Hamalves Chavero Be'edim Tzarech Lefaira Be'edim, that when someone borrows money with Edom, he has to also pay back that money to the, to the, to the lender with Edom. So then the problem is, Hani Noigoyim Be'edus Ninuv, these Edom, or these shluchim that the lender sent are considered nogea be'edus. They're considered uh, that they would have a potential bias. Why? De'i amri parane, because if they would say, we didn't pay the lender the money back, amar lehu paruni. So the borrower is going to say to them, so give me back the money. Now, the Bach adds in, we're going to get to it in a moment, but what that means is, as Rashi explains, that in general, or there are times at least, that the, let the borrower would send the money with the shluchim, but would have Edim there when he gives money to those shluchim. So therefore, if he holds a malves chaver of Edim, he gives the money over to the shluchim with Edim, if they were to give the money back to the borrower, they would have to also have Edim there, and if there's no Edim there, they wouldn't be trusted. So therefore, they have a, a reason to say, we actually paid the money to the lender, because if they wouldn't say that we paid the money to the lender, okay, well then give me the money back, the borrower could say. And therefore, how could we say that hein hein shluchav, hein hein edav, they have a bias. How can they act as the Edim? Now let's look at the Bach. And if Rav Nachman held that you don't need to pay back with witnesses when you borrow with witnesses, you don't even need witnesses in the first place. All, all, the, the, you don't even need witnesses. The lender could, the borrower could just say, I paid back the money that I was supposed to. I bring witnesses. I don't need witnesses, so it's not applicable. El Gemara says, This is all in the Bach. It must be that Rav Nachman held, when you borrow money with witnesses, you still don't need witnesses in order to prove that you paid the money back. Now, if the borrower would have just said, I paid back the lender, he would be trusted because he didn't need to prove with evidence of Edim that he paid back. He would be trusted on his word alone. We're dealing with a scenario The borrower put his foot in his mouth. He said, I paid you back with a shliach. 
Now that you said upset a payback with a shliach, that's an issue of trust now. So now that we've come to this, there has to be Adim there saying that the money was the money reached the hands of the lender. The Adim Nami, and now back in the Gemara, of Adim Nami, Migu Diyachli, back in the Gemara, those Adim, meaning the Shluchim that he sent, since they would be able to say, we return the money to the loive, to the borrower. Again, because they don't need Adim in order to prove that they return the money to the borrower. They didn't, they weren't might have a mix. There's no shvua that would be necessary, as Rashi speaks out, in order to prove anything. They'd be able to say that they returned the money to the borrower. Therefore, they have migu to say, we also returned the, paid the money up to the lender, and therefore we say, that's why it would be acceptable. However, says the Gemara, that's all if there wouldn't be a shvua that would be put on these edim should they say that they paid the money to the lender and he's denying that. But vahashta de takun rabbanan shvuas hesis. Nowadays, since the rabbanan would require shvuas hesis, as Rashi explains, a rabbinic shvua, even if the edim are not might have a mix us, for example, to make a shvua dairaisa, but if the borrower, if the lender says, I never received it, the borrower says he never received it back, they'd actually have to swear to the borrower saying that they paid up the money to the lender. So now what would end up happening is they would have a motivation to lie. It means they'd have a motivation to say we paid it up, as Rashi explains, because even though in a scenario where he's chashra mamayna, he might, we suspect he might be lying regarding money, but he's not chashra nashvuasa. Shvua is something that's much more severe. So therefore, now they have a bias here. They have a reason that they should lie because we suspect maybe it, they actually didn't give the money to the lender as they're claiming. I, why are they lying? Because they don't, <clears throat> they don't want to have to swear. So now, as Rashi explains, this would be like the scenario of Chenvani al Pinkasa, which is the Gemara Masech Shvuis. As the Gemara there explains, is that in a scenario where a, uh, a employer said to uh, store owner, I want you to pay wares to my workers in order to pay them and I'll pay you back. The store owner claims he gave, gave over the wares, the groceries to the workers. They claim they never received it. So now what happens is we have a scenario where those two parties, meaning the store owner swears he gave it to the workers. The workers says, swear they didn't, they didn't receive it. And then what's going to have to happen now is the responsibility will fall back on the, on the, on the employer. So similarly, that's what's going to happen here. And there's a bias here. So what's going to happen now is we're not going to say they're not actually trusted. And now in order to resolve the situation, if the, if the witnesses claim that they paid up the lender, so what's going to happen is they're going to have to swear that they paid the lender. And the lender is going to swear that he didn't receive the money. And then the borrower is going to have to pay up the, bar the lender, even though he claims he already sent it and he paid him up. Which means in the end of the day, we're actually not going to say, based on Shvuas Hesis, it takes away the believability of the Edim, and we're not going to say, and he'll actually end up having to pay again. Moving on to the third and final section of the day. We had in our Mishnah, the final case of our Mishnah, Nara, man can marry off his daughter when she's a Nara. Now we have a corollary Mishnah, Meseches Getin, that we learned. Tenan Hasam. The Mishnah there says, is regarding a Nara accepting her own get. As Rashi says, we're talking about during Erisin, because if it was after Nesu, and certainly the woman herself could accept it and not her father. But during Erisin, Nara meorah sahiva via mekabla nesgita. 
A woman who is Arisen, her and her father can both accept it, meaning she also has the Yad to accept it. That's a Tanakhama's position. Rebita says, no, you can't have two hands that have the same ability. Only the father could, not the Narav. And if there's a girl who's a Shaita and she doesn't know how to protect her get, she can't be divorced. As Rashi says, even if her father accepts it, she's just stuck with her husband, he can't divorce her. Now, just as there's a machlaikis that the Tanakama says both of them can accept the Gerashin, also for Kedushin, the Tanakama would hold she could also accept her Kedushin in addition to her father. Yehuda would say only her father. Says, no, there's only a debate regarding But regarding Kedushin, everyone would agree only her father can accept it and not the girl herself. What's the reason that the Rabbanan would only argue by Gerushin, but by Kedushin they'd agree only the father can accept her, her Kedushin and not her? Gemara answers, because regarding Gerushin, she re-enters her father's domain. So, He's happy for her to accept her own Gerushin because he gets her ownership, her rights, when she comes back to his domain. But Kedushin de Mafgas regarding Kedushin, where she's removing herself from her father's domain, there the father wouldn't want her to accept it, and therefore he doesn't relinquish that right. So Aviyah Velahi, it's only her father can accept it and not her. And that's why the Rabbanan distinguish, according to Rabbi Yochanan, between Gerushin, where they argue in Rabbi Yehuda, and Kedushin, where they would not argue, and they would say only the father can accept it. Now we're going to stop here. The second to last line of Gimel Mudbeis, we're going to continue challenging this premise that we just established tomorrow with Daf Memdalid. In the meantime, everybody have a wonderful day.